We're talking about the relationship between the chief information officer and the chief financial officer. Robin Sisko is the chief financial officer at Workday, and her counterpart is Sherry Rhodes, who is the chief information officer at Workday. Robin, it's great to see you again. It's great to see you too, Michael. Thanks for having us today. Robin, you're CFO at Workday. Tell us about your role and the the scope of your activities and responsibilities. So as CFO, I'm responsible for all of the accounting, FP&A, tax, treasury, internal audit, procurement, as well as the legal function here at Workday. Sherry, it's great to meet you. Tell us about your role as CIO. Nice meeting you as well. Uh, So at Workday, I actually lead the global business technology function, which includes managing the internal Workday solutions for, for our business, as well as leading architecture, transformational efforts, and really driving a better and amazing Workday experience. Robin, this relationship between the CIO and CFO has become extremely important. Why is it so important? And also, how has it changed and and evolved over time? At the very base level, it's about the finance and the IT organizations coming together to support the strategic objectives of the company. And so a strong relationship between the CFO and the CIO will actually build the foundation for companies to innovate and to grow. And that becomes critically important, particularly in a world that's changing as fast as it is today. So we are seeing that relationship continuously evolve. On top of that, Sherry and I are each other's customers internally, and I rely on her to run the finance organization. And when business is moving at a faster pace and you have to react faster, uh, then that, that relationship becomes even more important than it ever has been. You know, I think in the in historically in the past, it was probably, you know, more of a supporting, more of a static role, but we're in a much different uh, situation with technology evolving, with the accessibility of data. So, you know, with data being so prevalent and so available, uh, things move quickly. And so Robin and I, you know, on a continuous basis are exchanging ideas, working on new initiatives. And so it's just a much more collaborative, kind of ongoing iterative exchange. So when you talk about collaboration, can you give us, give us an example of of how that might work, bringing in both the IT side and the CFO side? So I'll give you a quick example of something that we worked on right when the COVID crisis hit. So Sherry's team was able to support my team by writing very quickly a new report that allowed us to look at our accounts receivable by customer industry. And as all of you know, the um, impact of COVID has really varied on different companies based on what industry they're in. And what that allowed us to do is really proactively manage our risk on our AR balance by taking a different approach to our collections based on the industry of the customer. I'm wondering, where does the, again, the relationship between CIO and CFO come into play to make that kind of rapid and hopefully seamless transition work? So I would say in terms of just how often and how uh, we meet, you know, as a company, we're always aligning our strategic objectives to make sure that uh, we're centered on the right priorities. 
And Robin and I frequently, to make sure we make the right trade-offs, are always aligning uh, those decisions that we have against those broader objectives. Robin, how do you engage with the rest of the business so that what you do aligns with what the business requires? So we have OKRs or objectives and key results that we set on a company-wide basis. And so we make sure that everything we're doing ties into those OKRs, Uh, but it's really a continual conversation. And so we have lots of collaboration at the executive level and all the way down through the chain to make sure that we are making the right investments. Uh, We need to be able to pivot quickly now because the future is so uncertain and we're not sure what's going to happen. And so the communication between my team, Sherry's team, and all the other business leaders is even more important now than ever because we don't want to make these decisions in a vacuum and information is changing really quickly. So we have really strengthened those bonds with the business so that we can make sure we know what's going on as the priorities shift, as they invariably will, particularly during times like this, so that we can adjust very, very quickly to continue to support the business in the way that they need. Sherry, I think that this translates into this notion of agility that we were talking about earlier. And so what is the role of IT in enabling this? Agility is is core. So if, if if we're not agile in our practices and our organization, then the business can't be agile either. So we're, we're we don't want to be an impediment to making sure that we can reach our business goals. And you know, if if we look at COVID and the situation in terms of we were in, just an example. So we moved to a virtual close. We're fortunate because um, most of our ecosystem is in the cloud. Uh, so it really enabled that. But there were still other activities we that we wanted to enable for the finance team. So certain tools so that they could access them more quickly. We put together a, a hyper care team to make sure that if there were any issues that were arose. So and we did that within you know, within hours and days to make sure that we had the right support structure in place. Do you think explicitly inside IT about this notion of agility and being really responsive really quickly? We do. It's a cornerstone uh, in terms of how we need to operate, the velocity that we need to provide, just how we turn things around. I mean, you know, the tools and people are so dependent on their technology today that if we don't think that way, um, we could definitely be a roadblock. So we want to make sure that we're keeping pace with the business. Sherry, when projects begin, they may be technology projects or maybe not technology projects. At what point is IT brought in? Yeah, so IT is brought in on a project uh, from the beginning. Uh, because especially, you know, in terms of understanding the business context, what problems we're solving for, what challenges, so we can really iterate the solution set around the problem statement. And so uh, we're really good as a team in terms of bringing the right people to the table to have uh, different perspectives. And a lot of times the technology can be a quick advancer and can advance uh, something much faster than maybe, you know, waiting until full requirements are written. So we try to be much more iterative in terms of how we engage. The need for planning, the need to be responsive to internal customers, the need to be responsive to your customers, and other stakeholders translates to this expectation, I think we could say, that you are 
going to be fast, namely agile and responsive. And so how has this changing environment that we're in had an impact on how you do planning and how you think about that, that agility and responsiveness? It's had a significant impact on the way we do planning. Uh, and interestingly enough, one of the things we're facing right now is that the past is no longer a good predictor of the future and the future is uncertain. So what we're finding is we have to model a wider range of scenarios using a lot more variables than we've ever had to do before because the, the range of outcomes is wider than it's ever been. Uh, it's really important that we understand those ranges and what are the things that will impact the outcomes that we're looking for. Additionally, uh, we're doing continuous planning now. So it was something that we had aspired to do before, but we had never really gotten there. And now we're continuously planning. So we don't just wait for a month to close. We update numbers, we update the forecast. We are taking every single piece of real-time uh, real information and pumping that back into the forecast. So we have a continuous cycle of forecasting going on throughout the business. And we have all of the inputs that we need on a continuous basis. Uh, the last thing that we're doing is we're planning over a longer time horizon because decisions that we make this year may actually not impact us this year, but they may impact us next year or the year after. And we want to make sure that we understand the, the long-term implications of any decision that we're making. And to do all this, you need real-time data and you need the right tools. Sherry, it sounds like you work with Robin's team when it comes to the financial and investment planning aspects of IT operations. That's right. A good example of that, we kicked off a big uh, digital initiative, which is around our customer journey and all of the digital touch points and how can we really improve that experience. And Robin's team was involved more than just, you know, do we have the right ROI, but as we looked at the project and kind of broke apart uh, how we could deliver value continuously throughout the life cycle, her team was helping us to articulate that value, um, which is really important in terms of, are we doing the, making the right decisions and the right priorities as a company? Sherry, we addressed this a little bit with Robin earlier, but how do you ensure that your IT planning, your IT investments, your looking out into the future is fully aligned with what the company needs today? I think we all have cautious optimism um, and we want to make sure we still fund the big bets. And so it's, as Robin mentioned, we have the key objectives, key results that we align to as a company. And so I make sure that we're aligned uh, from a planning perspective, from an initiative standpoint uh, to those key objectives and that it's helping us to progress. And some things we might slow down, some things we might stop, but some things we accelerate because it makes sense uh, given the current situation, um, the current global economy. So you have a set of corporate, uh, broader corporate agenda items, and then you each align your organizations to those objectives. Exactly. Robin, what kind of planning tools and techniques do you use in finance? So currently we use Workday Adaptive Planning, which is a great modeling tool for us. It allows us to capture 
all of the different scenarios uh, within a single system, and then we can report off them uh, together. We also use Workday financials uh, for our GL and other financial systems. And so we have a single system really that captures both the actuals and the plan, which allows us to do that really quick iteration of planning I was talking about before and taking the real-time actuals that continuously update uh, every minute of every day based on what's happening and push those into the planning process so that we get early warning signs, frankly, if something is going wrong. Um, and it's really critical to have the right tools because in a world that's changing this fast, spreadsheets just aren't going to do it for you. Are there obstacles or challenges, especially today, that inhibit your ability to do iterative planning, dynamic planning right now? I think for most companies, it really comes down to having real-time data and having the right modeling tools to be able to do that continuous forecasting. Uh, and so what we're, one of the things we're seeing actually is an increased interest from companies in investing in the right tools in this area. You know, a lot of companies who are stuck on old technology and not able to respond as quickly, uh, and they are starting to look at what it means for them to shift to modern technologies so that they can make faster, better decisions and understand the range of outcomes. Very briefly, just, just drill down into that. Give us an example of where modern technology just makes it easier to do this kind of planning? We have a system that um, can deliver real-time data uh, any minute of every day. We can see exactly what's going on in the company. And if you compare that to an older legacy system where you can't get any information until you get to the end of the month and you close the books, then you spend a week or sometimes more getting that information out into the business and into the hands of the people that need to make decisions about their plan and about their budget. Um, and by the time they actually get that information, it's stale and they're making bad decisions. Uh, and so if you can have the tools that capture the real-time data and you can deliver it to the business leaders right within the technology, then finance no longer becomes a bottleneck. And when that happens, you can focus your financial resources on analysis on providing insights on really understanding all of the key things that impact your business and what those likely outcomes are. Let's shift gears and talk about innovation. How can IT and finance work together to support the innovation goals of the companies, in this case, Workday? For us, right, it's really about building the processes and the practices to allow that. And to me, for technology, it's around building a nimble architecture, one that can um, pivot and can react, right, and we can build things quickly. So really having that flexibility in the architecture to be able to respond faster and to demonstrate value faster all has to, to be top of mind. And one of the things that, that finance can do to help innovation as well, in addition to that, is if we make our back office processes really easy for our employees, then they can spend less time doing administrative work and more time actually innovating and you know, doing the things that we hired them to do. So having really good systems that uh, have easy processes attached to them for employees to be able to 
you know, change a payroll election or get expense reimbursement or request time off in seconds, uh, then they have more time to innovate. So part of our goal, and Sherry and I uh, share these goals, is to make the rest of the company more efficient and to have the rest of the company spend less time worrying about things like IT and financial processes. Sherry, how do you think about measuring the business impact of the investments in innovation? So I think it's kind of really important to think past what maybe historically, it's not just about delivering the innovation, it's about how the innovation is going to be adopted, and how quickly can it be consumed. Um, So to me, the metrics are really important in terms of driving a different view. And it could be efficiency metrics, if it's innovation around how we do our jobs better, kind of the small innovation that funds the big innovation. Um, but it can be, you know, if we go back to the example I gave around the, you know, the work on the customer journey and how we change those digital touch points. I mean, we want it to be frictionless or as frictionless as possible so that we have happier customers that result in better retention. So it, it all flows together. Are there metrics that are shared across both IT and finance? Usually we think of these two as being so separate. Some of the metrics that Sherry and I share really tie to how we support the whole organization. So when we, when I talked about efficiency metrics becoming more important, it's not just her team's efficiency or my team's efficiency. It's how her and my teams are enabling the rest of the business to become more efficient so that we can do more with the, with the headcount that we have today. And how much of this has to do with the culture inside the company accepting IT as that strategic innovation partner role? Workday is known for its culture and really that collaboration and inviting uh, all of the key stakeholders, including IT, to the table uh, to come up with the best solution, put our best foot forward so that uh, you know, we, can, we can make the employees happy, we can make our customers happy, we can make our shareholders happy. I think one of the interesting dynamics here at Workday that you don't necessarily get at every company is because we're running on our own systems, right? Uh, Finance, who operates and does their jobs on those systems, Sherry's team that supports those systems, we become more strategic to the business than in a lot of other types of companies. And so that that really lends us a seat at the table. We both uh, actually work closely with our development and product organization. We give feedback on our own products. We um, help design new features and help test new features. And so we've got a really special relationship uh, here at Workday because of the nature of what we do. I'm sure there are people who are watching this who are saying, yeah, this is pretty interesting, the CIO and CFO working so closely together. What advice do you have for folks who want to have this kind of really highly collaborative relationship? I think it starts from thinking like a general manager that uh, you're responsible for you know, all facets of the success um, of a particular organization or function. And if you have that broad mindset and you're thinking about different perspectives, um, different ways to evaluate or view the problem, um, so you come to you know, a, a more effective solution for all. Now, I would just add to that, that you know, take the time to understand each other's business, right? Take the time, if you're in finance, take the time to understand IT, what challenges they're facing. Uh, in IT, take the time to understand finance in that organization, and then come up with shared goals. Because if you have shared goals and shared metrics, that's really going to drive a very deep level of collaboration. Workday is a very customer-focused 
company. And so to what extent are, the, are your shared goals related to customer satisfaction, customer delight, external oriented, outside in focus points? Sherry and I engage in sales cycles with prospects. We engage with existing customers. We try new things on our own products that a lot of companies wouldn't necessarily try. Sometimes they work great. We pass that along to our customers. Sometimes we learn from them. We pass that along too. And so we have a level of engagement outside of the company that's fairly unusual for finance and IT. Given everything that we've talked about and everything that you both know in your lives, what is the kind of tweet-sized summary of advice that you would give to business leaders who are saying, yeah, we need to work together in this way and also acknowledging the challenges that come up. Robin said earlier, you, you got to be able to understand the business context, live in that person's shoes, kind of understand the blind spots. Um, and you, you have to really be able to be ready to soak that in and, and uh, you know, help, help solve the problems. And I would point to shared goals because anytime you have shared goals or sh and shared metrics, you're gonna, it's going to force that collaboration and bring the two teams closer together. Robin Cisco and Sherry Rhodes, thank you both so much. Thank you, Michael. Thank you.